0: Hallelujah. Amen? All right. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, guys, for playing that. I appreciate that. We can go straight into the PowerPoint. How was that? You guys lifted up by that? Like I said, it was um, amazing. I actually, this was the first time I saw this particular version of the song done like this, so I thought it was very uh, God did it just for me kind of thing for this uh, presentation today, but uh, again, there was just so many, so many different choices that I could have uh, done, and I pray that that just ministered to your heart and again lifts you up and sets an environment for what we're going to go into tonight. So again, tonight we are going to be talking about the purpose of praise and worship, and so I want to just briefly sort of throw it out there to kind of possibly get a little dialogue going about what does praise and worship mean to you, or what do you think of when you hear the terms praise and worship? Anybody have any? Yes, sir. To give thanks and honor to God. To give thanks and honor to God. All right. Amen. Anybody else? What do you think of when you think of worship or praise? What's the first thing that you think of? Do you think of music like how we just listened to right now? I often think of music Be coming into the presence of God. Coming into the presence of God. Amen. Absolutely. Yes, sir. I think praise is for the church. Praise is for the church. And worship is for him. Is for him. Good point. Thank you for sharing that. One last one? Anyone else? Very good. Pastor, how about you? What do you think of when you hear the words praise and worship? Singing from your heart. Singing. From your heart. Amen. Okay, well, I can tell you guys, all of you are correct. There's no right or wrong answer with these tonight. That wasn't a quiz, Uh, but hopefully, as we go through the slides, you will see more detail about what each and every one of you said praise and worship means to you, and again, I also hope that you gain even more understanding and revelation of what it can mean to you and what its purpose is for our lives. So, let's just jump right into the meat and potatoes of this thing tonight, and I'm going to walk you through what I have come to know in my own personal experience regarding these two topics. So, what is the difference between praise and worship? Because even though we lump them together a lot, they are actually two distinct terminologies and methodologies. So, for me, what I've come to learn is that praise is an expression of our thanksgiving towards God for what he has done for us. And I think a few of you have mentioned that. Praise is an expression of our thanksgiving towards God for what he's done. Whereas worship is an expression of our love towards God, not necessarily for what he's done, but just simply for who he is. He is the Almighty, okay? And so recognizing these distinctions, I think, helps to elevate our understanding of who God is and who we are in him. Amen? So worship, actually, let me go back to praise. I distinctly say that praise focuses more so on the deeds of God, where, did I say that right? Praise focuses on the deeds of God, whereas worship focuses more on the deity of God, like I said, who he really is is in his almightiness. Praise will emphasize, when we're praising him, we're generally emphasizing the presence of God, you know, versus worship emphasizes the presence of God, okay? And both of these are essential to growing in our relationship and our understanding Uh, of who he is and his word, and so, yes, they are the wonder twins. We need both praise and worship, and they do kind of blend, you know, this isn't a, you know, legalistic walk the line kind of thing, but again, for me, it just helped me elevate, because I remember, you know, being in church, there was a season where our pastor was saying, you know, we've been singing a lot of praise songs in service lately, and it's becoming so eye-centered, you know, and he wanted to be more God-centered, and so we were intentional about making sure that the music that did go forth was highlighting God also, not just for what he's done, but simply for who he is. Okay, you guys good with that there? And I think, again, that touches on a lot of what some of you mentioned, the words praise and worship mean to you, because again, I asked this question, and I always myself would get asked it, and immediately I think of the music, but we're gonna learn tonight just how deep and how wide praise and worship is beyond just the music or the singing, okay? So with that being said, let me go to my next slide. When we're talking about the praise portion of our expression towards God, we often talk about being thankful and being grateful. And one of the things that God gave me was a revelation about the difference between those two words also that happened to get intertwined and blended together a lot. So for me, what I've come to learn is that thankfulness is the verbal expression of our appreciation and our uh, gratitude towards God you know, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, everything that we say verbally to express um, how we feel about what he's done, how we appreciate in our gratitude, it's the words that we say, right, the gratitude, but gratefulness is a bit deeper, because gratefulness is the tangible and the actionable expression of our appreciation in our gratitude, okay, And so for me, I kind of always use an example of this where if someone tells you they love you without showing you that they love you, then there isn't a complete comprehensive expression of what they say they're they're grateful for or um, they appreciate. And so I think we have to not just tell God how much we love him, We have to show him how much we love him. And that's where the gratefulness comes in. That's where your praise and your worship comes in. That's your tangible and your actionable expression for what you say you believe with your mouth. You guys get that? You see how that's just like a more distinctive understanding of words that we kind of sometimes, and I've said this a couple times in the classes about how we we treat some words just too casually sometimes. And I want us to really have... The the impact and the power of what these words really mean when they're applied to talking about our Savior and our Lord. So, going forward, you guys, we are going to be very intentional and very purposeful about not only being thankful to God, right, but being grateful towards God and making sure that we show Him our love in what we do. And one of the things that we're highlighting tonight is our praise and our worship. So there's this uh, scripture that some of you may be familiar with in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, and it says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Anybody familiar with that scripture there? Okay, one of the reasons why I pointed this out tonight is because, again, what I've come to learn is that this scripture is often misquoted, just like a lot of scriptures in the Bible are misquoted. It says, it doesn't say be thankful or give, give God thanks for everything. It says in everything, okay, because everything we go through is not something that we're necessarily thankful or grateful for, because it may not be Uh, you know, a positive situation, and I pointed out before how God may not be, or not may not be, he is not the author or the creator, right, of tragedy or problems or challenges that you're having, but he has a purpose for why they're allowed, and his full intention in the end is to bring you out for his glory, for your good and for the good of others, and so all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose, and who love him, and so I want you guys to remember that even if you're going through something, because when you're going through something, it's hard to praise and worship God sometimes. It really is. Our flesh just takes over, right, and those emotions take over, and we kind of wallow, right, in that stuff, and I know, I know there's been times where I knew the answer to what I needed to do to get myself out of that funk or whatever it was, was to praise my way through, right? Or worship through. But it was like the very first step is the hardest. Like I couldn't even go and press play on the, you know, the play button. It was just the spiritual warfare sometimes. It's just so very strong. And so when we have this in our hearts, right, that's where it starts, right? So even if I couldn't open my mouth, my soul started, my spirit started to stir up, right? And then I got a little bit amped up. And then I was like, all right, here we go. Pandora, you and me for the next six hours, it's on, right? (laughs) So I just wanted to say that in everything, God is still God in everything that we go through. He still deserves the praise. He still deserves the glory and all of our worship. And I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, that right there uh, will get you through anything. So just remember, be thankful in all circumstances not necessarily for it. I know some people say, "Well, I'm thankful for my, you know, my troubles because without them I wouldn't be, you know, who I am." And that's there's some truth to that. You know, the wilderness journey, we learn a lot in that. But if it were my preference, and I'm sure it'd be your preference too, if you could learn it without having to go through it, you probably choose that part, right? So let's praise and worship the Lord so that we minimize the amount of time we have to spend learning in the wilderness. Amen? All right, so let's keep going here, you guys. Remember, remember what our, what our ultimate purpose is. And we're going to move on to remembering that our purpose in life, our main purpose for everyone who's a believer in Christ Jesus is to glorify God in all that we do, okay? And remember that glorify means to elevate and to lift up our God. So worship is the methodology in which we do that, because you might be asking, how do we lift God up, right? How do you elevate God? You worship him. That's what you do. That's the methodology in which you accomplish that purpose. Um, Again, worship is defined as an expression of love, honor, respect, and adoration towards God for who he is. Love, honor, and respect towards God for who he is. Every activity that we do can become an act of worship when it's lined up with his word and the intention is for us to, to honor him. So he gets pleasure out of everything that we do. We talked about this, I think it was in the identity of week one, where we're saying that you know, everything that you do, even if it seems insignificant to you, if it's what God called you to do, right? He called us to be good stewards. Good stewards means taking care of our house, taking care of our cars, taking care of our children, whatever, when you're taking care of what seems to be the mundane, mundane things, you are actually, you can be worshiping God in that, just by honoring what he's asked you to do. So it says, take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, running errands, and place it before God as an offering. This is how we worship him. Everything that you do, okay? Because and it's interesting, and it may not be on that particular uh, slide. I have it in my notes here. When it says you're eating and you're sleeping, like how does that worship God? Well, I learned that when I wasn't sleeping, sleep is a gift from God, right? Rest is a gift and a promise from God. So when I was avoiding that or wrestling with that or whatever, I said, oh, I'm not being very honorable, you know, or worshiping God in this, but when I lay my head down and I cast all my cares on him and I start to doing that, I'm actually worshiping the Lord. I was like, amen. You know, when I'm cooking dinner for my family, right, that's service. That's worshiping him. And so I really, really, really want you guys to understand that worship is a lifestyle, right? Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is how we live. I always say, my my little tagline for my social media followers on Twitter is, faith is how I live, right? Worship is how you live. This is what we do, ladies and gentlemen. There's a song that says, praise is what I do. This is what we do, okay? And it's for me, as you can see, it's fun. It's fun. It's the most joyous thing that I've ever, ever experienced was when I began to know more about him through praise and worship, okay? And we're going to see how that happens, how you get to know God more through praise and worship. So you guys good with this so far? Everything good? And for those of you, I didn't make this announcement. We have a few new faces. Feel free to raise your hand if you have a comment um, or if I need to back up on on anything because I have a tendency to just keep the train moving and going and going and going here. So all right. So with that being said, (laughs) we're going to keep going. All right, so what are some of the other ways, like I said, that you can worship God in your everyday life? Well, all of us have been gifted with different talents and different abilities. And when you operate with excellence in those gifts and talents, whatever they may be, you are worshiping God. It doesn't have to be from the pulpit. It doesn't have to be from behind an instrument or in front of a microphone, okay? Wherever you are planted, If you bloom there and you take pride in what you're doing as far as it being with excellence, you're worshiping God, you know? Um, You could be a teacher caring for those kids. You could be anything. You could be a a cleaning service um, person. Whatever it is, your gifts and and talents, whether you're a chef or uh, a basketball player, I don't know, whatever it is, your gifts and talents can be used to worship God. When you are a good steward, again, over everything, remember how we said everything belongs to God. Everything he's gifted to us, we give right back to him. But there's a purpose that it serves here in the earth. So stewardship, if you wanna know how to take your praise and worship to the next level, bring it down to more practical terms and say, how can I be a good steward over my time, my money, right? My, My energy, right, my focus, Whatever it is, focusing on stewardship and doing it with excellence is a way that we can elevate our praise and worship unto God. And just a few more things, of course, sharing the gospel with others is the ultimate way in which we can uh, praise God and worship him as well. Um, Even when, I know some people, again, the world we live in, it becomes a a fad to say, God bless you, you know, to some people, or uh, have a blessed day, you know, and that kind of thing. But I'm telling you guys, when you take ownership of what it is that you're saying and recognize the power behind it, that right there is a very strong act of worship, to bless someone else verbally, or even, again, tangibly, in any kind of way, any kind of way, okay? Never, we talked about this, don't belittle or undermine what it is that you can do, because as long as you're giving your best, it's good enough for God. It really is. He's going to continue to help us grow, but I'm telling you, it's good enough for him, okay? So we talk about giving our time. This is a big one. This is a big one. If you want your praise and worship to go to another level, you're going to have to commit some time to it, okay? I love being able to have a minimum, and it's so funny because I I say a minimum of 30 minutes of praise and worship in the morning, and 30 minutes at night. Well, what happens with me is once the praise and worship starts, that 30 minutes turns into 45, turns into an hour, and next thing I know, I'm like, oh, darn, I'm going to be late, right? Because when I'm in the presence of God, I don't want that to stop. I just don't, and I tell the Lord, sometimes I used to not start because I didn't like having to stop, and I was like, no, I can't do that, so I just got to find the balance in doing that, right? But I'm telling you, there's something that happens in the spirit world when we begin to praise and worship God. Okay, and we're going to learn some more about that tonight. So, again, your time, uh, your money, you can worship God with your money. Okay, we in church, we understand the importance of giving and offering and serving the ministry. Okay, you can glorify God or worship him by sharing your knowledge and helping others. Um, And then, of course, there's praying, singing, singing dancing, we talked about that, dancing before the Lord. Oh my, did David not dance before the Lord, right? And so for you to be able to include that into your praise and worship, again, it elevates it to the next level. It is all about the intention of your heart, not necessarily the activity, okay? It's all about the intention of your heart. So what we want to do is we want to look at how worship actually benefits us, Okay. Again, the intention originally is to give all the glory to God, right? But he's such a good God that he doesn't just take it all for him and not give us anything back in return. I was like, oh, okay. I like this. So let's see how, when we have a genuine desire to seek him first and give him what we have, let's see what he's going to give back to us in return. So let's see how worship benefits us. One of the first things that it does And I think I mentioned this earlier, is that one of the ways we grow closer to God, one of the ways we facilitate intimacy, right, with God and nurture our relationship with knowing who he is, is through praise and worship, okay? Through praise and worship, you get to nurture and develop a more intimate relationship. Anybody want a more intimate relationship with God? I'm telling you, when I realized that, I I talk about how I was raised in the church, but the church wasn't always raised up in me until I, you know, was way beyond, (laughs) you know, my 30s even, and so I was like, wow, so much, you know, stuff was lying dormant on the inside of me, and when that stuff got stirred up, and I started getting an understanding of it, life became much more exciting, you know? And to think that the knowledge that you have right now about who God is, every second that knowledge can grow and grow to an infinite level until we meet him face to face and we come into the fullness of knowing really who he is. And so that is my pursuit, right? That's my pursuit every single day is to know him more and more, because then I become more of an effective soldier for him in the earth, okay? So praise and worship, that's one of the places where it starts that I get to know him, him. Now, what else does worship do for us? Well, one of the things that it does is it tenderizes our hearts and purifies our souls, okay? Tenderizes our hearts, So the Bible talks about how we could have a hardened heart, right, okay? And a hardened heart can't receive, right? That's not a ground that's um, nourished enough to be able to receive like the truth of God's word and new revelation and things like that. So, um, and our experiences in life cause us to have a hardened heart. So if your heart needs to be tenderized so that it is able to receive the truth of God's word, One way in which that happens is through praise and worship. I remember when I first came into the knowledge of this particular uh, analogy, if you will, it was through Joyce Meyer, and she was teaching on how, uh, you know, to tenderize the heart. And she said, you know, if we just put this in practical terms and take it out of the spiritual world for a second, how do you, if you are wanting to tenderize something, let's say you're cooking, and you wanna tenderize meat. How do you tenderize meat? Say that again? You beat it, (laughs) you hit it, right? Most people, the first thing they think of of tenderizing meat is a meat tenderizer, which is this big, you know, tool, right? This big utensil that you just bam, 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 over and over again, right? But after that, you know, it's supple enough to be able to, you know, become tender, right, and receive all the, I'm using cooking analogies, receive all the juices and everything and all that good nourishment into the meat and you become fulfilled, right? But what's the other way that you can tenderize meat? We got any chefs or any cooks in here? Yes, ma'am. Vinegar, okay. Yes. Aging it, okay. So what I like in your answer is, and that's true too, because it takes time, right, is the marinating process, There you go, right? It's that marinade. You marinate it in the vinegar or the, the sauces or the juices or whatever, and you do that, as this young man said, over time, right? Who would rather be marinated than beat in order to get their hearts tenderized, right? So with God, he's saying when you enter into praise and worship, you allow your heart to be tenderized in a more what's the word, preferable (laughs) manner, then having to go out in life and again have experience, beat you up, and finally, you you know, your heart gives in, right, from the pressure and says, okay, okay, that's it, right? So we want to use praise and worship to tenderize our hearts, Um, let that word of God and that music just marinate your heart, and it becomes just really um, open to receiving the truth, the truth of God, and it purifies our souls, Again, our soul is that part of us where emotions live, right? Personality lives, intellect, um, those things that we normally say are our character traits and things like that. Some of us got some character traits that need to be, you know, pushed out, right? And so what we want to do is if our soul ever gets weary, if your soul ever gets weary, if your soul ever gets weighed down or toxic from those emotions, Get into the presence of God through praise and worship. Get into the presence. See what we're talking about here tonight, you guys. You guys know me. My whole plan is to give you practical application, right? Because you're gonna experience stuff, and in that moment, I want you to remember. Oh yeah, I know who I am in Christ because I was here on that weekend. I remember we talked about that. Oh yeah, I know what authority I have, right, to be able to open up my mouth and declare the victory. And that kind. Of, oh yeah, I can overcome this by getting into the presence of God through praise and worship. So these are things that I want you guys to purpose, to state in remembrance of when you leave this building tonight. I always say don't let your time here be in vain. Don't let this be the end of where it stops. Continue to grow and get revelation knowledge day by day as you go through this. So tenderizes our hearts, purifies our souls. Here's another one I like. Worship serves as the incubator, okay, in which our faith grows and develops. A couple months ago when I started a series here, we talked about faith. We went through the entire four weeks talking about the fundamentals of faith, and we talked about how you have to have strong faith, right, and how you have to develop and strengthen your faith. Well, one of the ways you develop and strengthen your faith is in the presence of God, and that can be through praise, and worship. So when you feel like your faith is low or it's not strong or it's weak, there's the word out. If you feel like your faith is weak, you may be believing God and you've been standing on something for a long time. I was teaching a class on Monday where we talked about not letting time discourage us from believing the promise that God made to us because there are people who have been praying and waiting for things for years, but God never fails. Never fails, and so if your faith is weak because you're distracted by time, the more you get into the presence of God through praise and worship, and not just let me just say this not just any necessarily at that point in time. If you know faith is where you need to focus on, find you some songs that are going to speak to that particular area. You know, that's what it is. If you need healing, man, you need to find you some songs that are going to quote the word, right? Because a lot of gospel music is from and Christian music is quoting from. Scripture. It's God's word. It it fulfills everything. That's what you need to do. Those are the practical things you need to remember that's happening. You're not just singing a song. You're not just playing an instrument. You are engaging in spiritual warfare. And those are, and I'm probably getting a little ahead of myself, but praise and worship, those are your weapons. Those are your spiritual weapons for gaining the victory when the enemy starts acting up. So worship is that incubator. You guys know what an incubator is. It sets a protective environment for something to grow. And if your faith needs to grow, that's where it's gonna happen. Okay, you guys good? All right, so let's look at one other thing here about what worship does or what the benefit is for us. If you ever are in need of understanding, What's going on? Anybody ever ask, Lord, what in the world is going on in my life right now, right? You know, clarity. We need clarity all the time. We need more than just clarity. We need revelation, which is a divine understanding about what's going on. I believe that worship is the place where clarity and revelation are re- come to you and are revealed. And so once again, making it your aim or your purpose or your intention to spend time. And it's not about doing it to manipulate God to do something. Again, our our first posture is to glorify him, right? Just to get into the presence of him. I said that for me, that's enough. But if there's, again, remember we said how God doesn't just do little things and he doesn't just do one thing. He's a God of abundance. So there's a lot that we can get from this um, that is going to be helpful, not only for us, but then we get to go and teach others how to gain the victory in their life through praise and worship. So clarity and revelation, um, it elim- that, that clarity, praise and worship, it eliminates those distractions, okay? D- distractions? Am I the only one who has distractions in life sometimes? I'm like, you know, I wake up good. I'm, I'm on a roll. I wake up good. I step foot out the house, and vroom, 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 one distraction, you know, after the other. So for me, I like to, as often as I can, expose myself to praise and worship in different ways. So, um, you know, if I'm traveling, I have my headphones, or if I had to put it on the radio, or if I have to, for me, I actually still now, I go to sleep with it. You know, I used to be the one where I still am, the one who likes to go to bed with the, the TV on. But for so many years, it was just, Nonsense, you know, and everything after 10, 11 o'clock at night is nonsense on the TV. You guys know that, right? So the Lord said, okay, that's your style. That's what you want to do. You want to go to bed with the TV on or the radio on. That's fine. But put something on that's going to speak to your soul and your spirit while you're sleeping. And it made a world of a difference for me. It really did. You know, at first, again, at first, that became the distraction because I was so into the praise and worship that I couldn't sleep, you know, or the sermon. If I put on a sermon, I'd be wanting, you know, laying down, taking notes, just trying to go to sleep. And so I had to find a balance from that, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It is the best place to be. So it eliminates those distractions. It really, really does. Is that good information? You guys think that's helpful information, practical, easy to understand stuff, right? This is why I said we don't have to be intimidated by God's word. It's really, really, um, as one of my friends would say, that's awesome, dude. Like, it's really, really cool. So, (laughs) all right. So let's keep going in our PowerPoint here. Um, What does praise and worship do for us? How does it benefit us? Well, worship, what worship does is it facilitates our surrender to God's will. If you ever have a hard time surrendering to God's will, praise and worship will help you do that, okay? Most people, both Christians and non-believers, when they hear the word surrender, they think of something negative, right? Most of the time, the very first thing you think of when you hear surrender is you think of something negative, so immediately you're on guard, you're on resistance. You're like, uh-uh, I'm not gonna surrender to nothing, right? It conjures up these images of being weak and helpless, you know, of loss of control, right? And this is partly because the word surrender is often synonymous with the word submission, which is another word that people are like, eh, uh-uh, I'm not doing that, right? However, when we, take these terms and put them into biblical application. Surrender and submission to God's will is the best place you wanna be. It is the most powerful place that you can be. So please do not become rebellious against surrendering or submitting to the will of God. Because biblically speaking, these are words of empowerment, a place of humility, and the path to elevation, okay? That's where it all comes from, right? That's where you win right there. So biblically speaking, surrender and submission to God's will is a position of empowerment, a place of humility, and a path to elevation, okay? Biblical surrender is also an act of obedience. It just is. It's an act of obedience. Remember how we said action, right, about how we need to show tangible ways to love God and honor him, well, being obedient to his word is one of the ways in which we do that, okay? So, in worship, in surrender, our obedience becomes easier for us to be able to follow through with. Now, one of the things to remember about surrender is that it is a choice, your flesh is not going to just bow down and let you surrender to the will of God, okay? So it is a choice, but it's a choice that we still need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to do, okay? It's, it's a supernatural thing. We need that supernatural power sometimes to be able to yield our will to him to override the flesh. Um, so surrender is a choice, and surrender is also an act of repetition. It's not something we can just do one time, okay? It's something we have to do over and over and over again and get in the habit of surrendering and laying down our will every day. And again, God doesn't say just lay it down and he doesn't give us anything in return. We get to pick up his will and there's so much good stuff in the will of God. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I hope that what you're learning is not burdensome, but it's something that excites you, right? That gets you in pursuit and gets you charged up and gets you going. And, and I mean, that's always my goal is to to not lay anything on you that's gonna be too heavy, you know, but something that actually, at least one thing, again, that you take away, that you say, all right, yeah, that, that was good. I'm gonna take that and start applying it to my life because um, I have, victory, and I have a testimony to share, and I need to be working on that. So make sure that you are doing this on purpose. We're talking about purpose. Make it your purpose and your aim to uh, utilize praise and worship for a time to surrender to God and his will, Um, and you will be blessed. You will be blessed by that. So with that being said, we're going to move to what are We talked about what are the benefits of praise and worship. Let's talk about what are some of the benefits of surrender, right, what we just talked about right now. What are the benefits with, uh, and I say appropriate surrender, because we're talking about in this biblical context. Think about your everyday life or whatever situation you're in right now and where where this can be helpful to you. So the first thing that appropriate surrender does is it releases, okay, burdens and eliminates toil. Remember how I said, I don't want anything on you that's too heavy, right? What did Christ say? He said, you know what? Give me that. I, I, I got it here. You can take this. It's much easier. It's much lighter. My yoke for you. So if you find yourself right now in a situation where life is overwhelming, you know, it, it's uh, burdensome, it's toilsome. You guys know what toil is. Toil is like the hamster on the wheel, okay? That's what toil is, right? You're going and going and going and you don't seem to be getting anywhere. Part of that is when we start trying to do things in our own strength, we start toiling because we forget that we're supposed to be in partnership and cooperation with God. So when we surrender, which comes through the praise and worship, it's going to eliminate that toil and it's going to release those burdens. Okay? So again, practical application. You guys know for yourselves where you need to apply this. All right? Now, number two it facilitates peace and harmony. I don't know about you guys, but I could use a little more peace and a little more harmony in certain areas of my life. If that is you, this applies, right? We need to get into a place where we can surrender to God's will, which comes through that praise and worship. I say all the time, all you got to do, you guys know, just call on the name of Jesus, right? Just call on his name. There's power in his name. That right there is going to start, hopefully, a flow that comes out of your mouth, and you just start going and going and going, and the next thing you know, peace is there because when you uh, speak life, right, okay, the darkness has to go. It just does. So if you need more peace and harmony in your life, recognize that appropriate surrender is going to bring that, and that can come through your praise and worship. So never again, I bet you guys, when you leave here tonight, you're never going to listen to another praise and worship song without recognizing the impact and the power that it has, you know, and again, that's kind of what I'm focusing on as far as the the music and the singing, but like I said, everything that we do can be an act of worship, you know, so I, I don't want you guys to forget that either. And I did mention this earlier when I talked about praise and worship being our uh, spiritual weapons, okay? When you surrender to God's will, it causes the enemy to flee from you, okay? Uh, James 4, 7, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, okay? Again, another scripture that often gets half-quoted, right? People will always say, resist the devil and he will flee from you, but they forget the submit yourself or surrender yourself first to God, and then the enemy will flee from you. So again, I don't know if I mentioned it in this class, but the enemy has had my name on his target list for the past six weeks like, not even just a general attack, like, oh, I'm a Christian, so, like, I'm going to get attacked by this, like, no, Jacques Edmonds, boom, like, target. I knew because it was so personal. It was a personal, and you know what? I have to admit, I take offense to being personally attacked. And I know offense is not good, but I'm just, you know, being honest with you, so I had to turn that into something, right, and getting into the presence of God through praise and worship helped me to remember that A, the enemy wouldn't be coming after me if it wasn't because he had a little insight into what God was about to do in my life. Remember how I said you guys would be standing on things for a long, long time? Oh, when I tell you breakthrough is like on the horizon, like you are one breath away from your breakthrough right now. So whatever the enemy is messing with you with, you declare to him you lose. You lose. Um, I'll just say this in this environment, because it's quite appropriate, but I've been saying it all over every week since last Sunday. I got a phone call at 10 o'clock in the morning from my dad. My parents live in Vegas. Now, first of all, my dad never calls me, right? It's one of those things where, you know, somebody doesn't really call you, so when they call you, you're like, uh, wait a minute, what's what's this all about, right? And it was 10 o'clock on a Sunday, so I knew he should be in church. Why is he calling me right now? Well, it wasn't that he wasn't in church, it was about who was in church with him. And it was my brother who hadn't been to church in over 20 years. And I got that phone call and all I thought about was the praise party going on in heaven at that moment. What I thought about was my mother who stood in prayer faithfully for her child, the prodigal son, right, that who went away, that came back home after 20 years. When I tell you that surrendering to God's will, giving him the praise, giving him the glory, the honor, and the worship, he is faithful. And as long as you have breath in your body, that promise can still come to pass. Amen? Okay, so we are not giving the devil no place in our lives because we know too much. We know too much okay? So don't let him lie to you and tell you that you don't know. You do know, and you can do. Amen? All right. So I'm about to wrap up, so I'm getting a little bit, you know, a little more charged up here. So number four, it positions you. It, meaning the surrender, positions you to be lifted up. Remember how we said surrender? Usually we talk about being, you know, let down or weak. Surrender actually lifts you up because promotion comes from God, right? He's the one that's going to elevate you. Right, don't go looking for the world to elevate you, to promote you, to give you anything. God is your source, okay? And when you surrender to him, his plan for you is the best plan ever. There's this little meme on Facebook where someone did a cartoon of Christ bending down to a little girl who had a teddy bear in her hand that was about the size of this little water bottle, maybe 3 inches here. And so, she had the little teddy bear and Christ is reaching out his hand to her, asking for that teddy bear from her. But what she didn't know was that behind his back was a humongous teddy bear that he intended to give to her in exchange for that little teddy bear. Ladies and gentlemen, if we just trust God's plan, what he has for us is better than what we could ever have or want for ourselves. Amen? So, lifted up causes you to be positioned to be lifted up for his glory, okay? Let me specify. He wants you to do better or, you know, be lifted up so that you can do better. You are blessed to be a blessing. This is all about him getting the glory, okay? So it's not about us idolizing and worshiping us. You guys know I always say that. I don't stand here for you guys to worship me. It's the God who I serve, right? That is speaking to your heart that you're getting uh, fed from. He deserves the glory. I don't do nothing but get dressed. I couldn't even say wake up because he the one woke me up too, right? You know what I mean? So I can't take any credit for that. Even the, the strength and the energy that he gives me to put the time into doing the work or whatever or, you know, finding the words and all of that, it all comes from him. It all comes from him. And each and every single one of you, I don't know you guys as personally as I know other people in my life, but what I do know is that God equipped you for greatness. He did. You just got to go out there and find what it is that you've been shaped for, okay? What you have been specifically, your your gifts, your talents, your personality, you know, all of that stuff, God wants to use it for greatness and for his glory, and all of it is valuable. There's nothing insignificant about you, amen? Amen? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think I have come to a conclusion of what the purpose of praise and worship is in a very um, short and sweet sort of, uh, what's the cliff notes type of uh, sermon, okay? So it's not the totality of it, but I pray it's enough to feed your soul. I pray it's enough to stir you up to want to go and learn more for yourself. Okay, so seek the Holy Spirit, seek God in how you can uh, honor him and show your love for him through your praise and through your worship. So at the end of all my classes, I give a little homework assignment, okay, and so I call it, actually I try not to call it homework, I call it accountability assignment in that regard. So what I really want to do is just challenge you guys to ask yourself, after all the information you've heard tonight, ask yourself, how can I elevate my own personal praise and worship to a new level, okay? Again, maybe it's you need to spend more time in the morning. Maybe it's you need to go out and serve more, right? Maybe it's you need to tighten up on the things that you've been um, called to steward over. You know, you know, you know that one thing that you can raise the bar with. Okay, and when you do, when you honor that, when you acknowledge it, okay, don't condemn yourself for it, but just take it on and say, okay, this I'm going to do for your glory and just watch God work. One of the things as you're evaluating yourself with that that you need to do is you need to find out what feelings or behaviors are currently blocking your ability to worship God in spirit and in truth because you might have the intention to want to do that, but you know what? If there's fear there or guilt or shame or condemnation, like I said, those things become hindrances to us being able to authentically 100 percent praise and worship God. Like you said, sometimes you just don't feel like it. Sometimes you question, you know? I, I thank God I am not have not ever been in a place in my life, and I pray I never am, where I ask God, why is this happening to me? Or that I turn and walk away from God because of what's happening to me. You know what I mean? So for me, I want to make sure that no matter what happens, I am convinced that God is God, and he is in control, and um, I just need to do my part. So you guys just need to do your part in regards to the Evaluate yourself. Ask whatever feelings or behaviors are currently blocking your ability to worship God authentically, 100%, without any reservation or without hindrance. I know why I put this in here. There was a time, again, like I said, growing up in the church, I love music. I'm not the most rhythmic person, but I love music, okay? And I cannot sing worth a dime, but the feeling, right? Music stirs up an emotion in us, right? And it's in me. When I remember... And, and I don't know if you guys noticed, um, I was a little reserved up here, but when the praise and worship was going on earlier, I did have a, a, a physical response to it, so to speak, right? You know, we would lift our hands, we, we sway back and forth, we do whatever. When I was in church growing up, I refused, refused to stand up, refused to raise my hands. I mean, everybody could be hooting and hollering and jumping and clapping and singing and dancing and having a good old time, and I'd just be like, hmm, hmm, hmm. But I realized what it was, was, you know how they say, don't let one bad apple spoil the whole bunch? I knew that there were some people who were on display, right? That they wanted themselves to be seen in this kind of thing. And they were just, let's just call it, was, you know, acting up kind of thing. And I, I didn't want to have nothing to do with that. I didn't want to be judged by that. I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. So, you know, even though I was being rebellious, even though my spirit wanted to get up and, celebrate God. I didn't. I said, hmm. You know, so I learned growing up that now that I've embraced and accepted A who I am, right? Knowing who God is and not being offended, remember I said not letting offense be a blessing blocker, I could care less now who sees me or what anybody thinks about how I express my love and adoration to God. You know, and so if I want to move, if I want to dance, if I want to raise my hand, I will. But that pride was a hindrance that was keeping me from being able to worship God 100% in spirit and in truth. So I just put that out there as an example to whatever it is for you, make sure there's nothing blocking you being able to be you 100% for God's glory, okay? So with that being said, we have one more week of this series and I'm really, really excited because next week, it's gonna be like this smorgasbord of information that I hope kind of puts a bow on all of this stuff. And I call it the golden nuggets of revelation, right? Just different things that God has put in my heart and taught me over the years. Um, I want to be an example and a testimony to people. So what I've learned, like I said, if I share it and you're going through it too, maybe you'll learn it and not have to, um, you know, running into the bumps in the roads or whatnot and that kind of thing. So we're going to look at golden nuggets of revelation, knowledge that will enhance your understanding about what we're talking about, identity and purpose in Christ. Because the more we learn about him, the more we learn about ourselves. So that particular class, again, it's going to be, you know, full of notes, but it's going to be full of powerful, impactful, practical ways that you, can transform your life through the power of faith. Amen. You guys, good. You guys are such a good class. I mean, so attentive and just you know, nobody threw anything at me up here while I was standing here. It's a good sign. It's a it's a good sign. So, um, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give us a closing prayer uh, before we go out, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor. So, if there's any announcements, he can make those as well. Amen. All right, let's go before the Lord, dear Heavenly Father. We come to you tonight on one accord, giving you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, all the adoration, all of the worship, Father God. Thank you for all that you've done, but Lord, we love you and we worship you simply for who you are. If you've never do another thing for us, you've already done enough, God. But we thank you that you are such a loving and gracious Father uh, to meet us right where we are, but not leave us right where we are. Your goal and your plan is to continue to grow us up in your word. So Lord, I thank you for the word that went forth today. I pray that it was received, Father God, into the hearts of your people, that it will then be applied to their lives, Father God, so that we can see manifestation. That is what we declare. That is what we believe, Father God. I thank you that every life tonight that has heard this word will never be the same again, that we continue to go up and up and up for your glory. And as we leave here tonight, we thank you that your angels are encamped around about us in complete safety to ensure our safety and our well-being as we get home. Lord, we pray for the salvation, the safety, and the well-being of anyone in our presence, Lord God. Everyone in this room, I pray for their salvation. If you have any doubt about who Christ is to you and who you are to him, I pray that you come and seek one of us to get clarification and understanding about that. So these things we commit to you tonight, Lord God, in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Hallelujah. By the way, hallelujah is the what? The highest praise. If you didn't know that, you learned that tonight too. Hallelujah is the highest praise. The floor is yours. Thank you, sir.